my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, October the 7th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness today. My friends, thank you for being with me as we continue to break open God's Word together. Uh, And uh, what we're going to do today is, of course, look to Sunday, break open the... uh, First reading and the gospel for the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And uh, it's a story that you all know well. And you're, I'm going to read that first reading. And uh, it's, a, it's a good story as well. You might remember a little bit of it. Um, but as soon as I read the gospel, immediately you're going to see the threads, plural, that tie it together. And uh, as always, my friends, invite you not just to approach the Word of God as a puzzle to say, okay, what is that thread? What's what's tying it together? Although that's always good. But of the Word of God is, okay, what does it have as a living Word to teach me today? How does this Word that is centuries upon centuries old, how is that Spirit active today? And what does it have to speak to me as an individual today? What does it have to speak to us as a society, as a culture, as a world today? Because the Word of God, that's what it does, brothers and sisters. It is continually new. It's a story we know backward and forward. But if we approach it as uh, learners, as, as neophytes, as people who are hearing it afresh, let it speak a new word to you today. Okay, so as we, as we read, as always, look for a word, a phrase, an idea, and let that sit on your heart today. God, open us as we break open your word here today. First reading is going to be from 2 Kings uh, chapter 5, verses 14 to 17. And then we will continue through Luke's gospel, Luke 17, 11 to 19, and hear a story that is only in Luke's gospel. So with that, let's break open the Word of God. A reading from the book, the second book of Kings. Naaman went down and plunged into the Jordan seven times at the word of Elisha, the man of God. His his flesh became again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean of his leprosy. Naaman returned with his whole retinue to the man of God. On his arrival, he stood before Elisha and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Please accept a gift from your servant. Elisha replied, As the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not take it. And despite Naaman's urging, he still refused. Naaman said, If you will not accept, please let me, your servant, have two mule loads of earth, for I will no longer offer holocaust or sacrifice to any other god except to the Lord. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So, now let's dive in and hear where that word points. 
because it points directly. So let's continue through Luke. We heard uh, chapter 17 last week. Let's hear more of it today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he had been healed, returned, glorifying God in a loud voice. And he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, again, God bless you all. You get to hear dogs barking in the back. I mean, I hope that didn't distract you from an exceptional gospel. As I mentioned, a gospel we only hear once every three years. Now, again, we know it backwards and forwards. Immediately when I say 10 lepers came up to him, we're like, okay, we shift at least. I can do this. I, I don't want to project this on you, but I think it's probably true of many of us. We can shift into overdrive and say, I know the story. I know where it's going. And, uh, and we just kind of put it on autopilot. Oh, brothers and sisters, I think you and I, we lose gifts when we do that. Because, again, I, I think it, it has something to say to us today. So how do, we, how do we want to break this apart? All right. So Jesus is journeying to Jerusalem. That's not just a castaway line. It means his mission is there. He's moving toward his final destination. He's walking the journey. All right? You and I all walk the journey. We're all journeying to Jerusalem, right? We know that. And, uh, and Jesus... Is, is, well, I, I'd say no different, but I, I think he's, he's that um, mentor. He's that uh, role model for us to stay true to what our journey is. And sometimes that journey, that, that destination, that um, path, that mission our God gives us is going to take us to unexpected places. And it's going to invite us to, to meet unexpected people along the way. And so he meets these 10, right? 10 lepers. Now remember, lepers have to stay at a distance, right? They, uh, they have to keep their distance because of the skin disease that they have and uh, cry unclean, unclean. And people generally, you know, give them a wide berth because they don't want to come in contact with it and contract that leprosy themselves. And so these people are standing at a distance, raising their voices, and saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, what exactly does that mean? The story really doesn't say, does it? Are they saying, Jesus, Master, heal us physically? Well, in one sense, certainly that could be what they're asking. They're, they're asking for pity, right? Could it be more? 
Could it be different? I mean, my friends, every time you and I say the Lord's Prayer, we say, give us this day our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today that which we need. But I'm not sure I know exactly what that is, any more than I think these lepers knew what they were asking for. They were saying, Jesus, Lord, Master, have pity on us. Wherever that pity takes you, because you can see my needs more clearly than I can, in just the same way that when you and I say, give us this day our daily bread, we're saying, Lord, I don't know exactly what my needs are today, but you do. And, and I, I invite you and I trust you to make sure that you're giving that to me. I, I trust that, that you know, and in due time, whenever that time is, you're going to give that which I need. Jesus' response here is so fantastic. He's not like, oh, you know, God bless you all. You've had a tough life and, uh, and, and what can I do for you? Let's flesh it open. He simply looks at them and says, Go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, two things are happening here, or, or will happen, based on this. The priests were the gatekeepers of the community, okay? And, uh, and they had to get the okay from the priest in order to no longer have to stay at a distance. Once the priest pronounced them as clean, they were clean indeed. Um. And, uh, and so that was the religious significance. Jesus is saying, no longer. This, in, in a sense, this is what Jesus is saying. They're asking for pity. And we might think they wanted to be made clean. And in effect, of course, that's true. But I think there's a, there's a higher thing here that says, um, I, I, you are being forced to stay at a distance and you are being forced in a sense to be quarantined. You are in a sense being forced to be uh, on your own and separate and distinct from a people and the community and what and who we are about. And Jesus is saying, we all need to be a part of something larger. And to be separate from that is to sever a limb it's to, it's to be separate and distinct from who we are. It's to, it's to, you know, place our heart outside our body. We are called to be a part of a community, brothers and sisters. My, my pastor, Father Roger Schmidt, wonderful, wonderful Benedictine uh, monk and, uh, and, and mentor for me, my first 10 years of ministry. Uh, when, we, when I worked in campus ministry with him at the University of Wyoming, he used to say, listen, Joe, the students here, on campus at the University of Wyoming, will be a part of a community. The question is, which community will they be a part of? And we need to give them every opportunity and every reason to say yes to being a part of this community. That's what Jesus is doing here. He's saying, listen, this community, these 10 lepers, they're a community in and of themselves. Um, and, and, but they are separate and distinct from the community, the larger community, the, the, I will say the body of Christ, but the people of God, hmm? this Jewish community. And he's saying, go show yourself to the priest so you can be uh, officially um, in the eyes of the, the quote-unquote church, the, the, of the, of the you know, leaders at the time, a part of us. 
but the but the I don't know why these dogs are just barking all, and they didn't start barking until the minute I started this podcast. Need, you need to know that. Uh, and, and that may be God's sense of humor. It may be, I don't know what it is. It may be a raccoon running around outside. But, um, okay, second thing that's happening here is they go. The lepers go. Brothers and sisters, did you hear that? It didn't say they were cleansed and then they went. How would it feel? Now imagine, let's say, you know, we have some illness and again, we have to go to the doctor to show that we're healed. And, uh, and in this illness, Jesus says to us, go show yourself to the doctor. Well, I'm still have this illness, but I'm walking to the doctor. How would it feel if I go to the doctor and say, doctor, I'm, I'm healed of this illness. And the doctor looks at me and says, you meatball, you still got that illness. What are you talking about? It's still right there. I can see it. Wouldn't we feel a little foolish? That's exactly what is happening here. Is Jesus is he did not say you are cleansed. They look down, see they're cleansed, and then go to the to the priest who will, you know, um, name them as as clean. It says, when he saw them, he said, Go and show yourself to the priest as they were going. They were cleansed. Jesus was inviting them to that same place we talked about last week, right? To that, to that place of faith that says, okay, do you trust that I can do what I say I can do? And not only do you trust it in your head, but do you trust it by your actions? Are you going to live in that place where you believe that, it's, that healing has already taken place? Are you going to live in that place, trusting my word that I can bring it about even when you are unable to see it yet? Brothers and sisters, this story goes with last week's gospel beautifully because it invites us to understand what faith looks like. It means walking forward. It means living as if that healing has already taken place. And do you know what happens? It takes place on the journey. Brothers and sisters, whatever is going on in your life, whatever it is that we pray for at night when we say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Our God knows us better than we know ourselves. And, uh, and he invites us to walk on that journey as if that healing has already taken place. And lo and behold, my friends, before we know it, we will look upon ourselves and say, well, I'll be, I won't say what I wanted to say. Well, I'll be darned as if, if, if this hasn't already taken place, that healing has taken place within me. I would be amiss if I didn't tie it with the bow, right, at the end. That that leads us toward that idea of uh, gratitude and uh, and and. I want to speak on this because I don't think it's just a a lesson that says, hey, make sure we thank God for everything in life. Although I think that lesson is there. You know, these 10 people were all incredibly good. And they were women and men of faith because they walked forward in that faith of Jesus that went to the priest. And that healing occurred in all 10 on the journey because they trusted God's word enough to act and live in in that faith 
that God's word, even if I can't see it, that God's promise, that God's life, even if it doesn't make sense to me in the world today, that that is true and real. And I'm going to live it into existence. Right? They all did it. But one of them connected it to gratitude and came back and threw himself or herself at the feet, at the feet of Jesus. And, uh, and, and here's where I want to go with it. And, and then I want to sum up because I've already talked for, you know, 16 minutes and the dogs have barked for those same 16. Is Jesus didn't just say, hey, you know, um, well, let me, let's look at what he, he says first. Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then this foreigner says, uh, said to him, or then Jesus said to the foreigner, stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. Now, is in a sense he's saying the other nine are not saved? I, I don't think there's any judgment being cast here. I don't think he's saying, well, I like you, and so you that means you're saved, and you're going to go to heaven, and the others won't. Get rid of that whole that idea of salvation. Just, just throw it out. Because that's our, our modern, I think, misunderstanding of what's, what's happening here. I think the salvation that this person under, is, is experiencing is the same one Naaman did when he came back to the prophet Elisha and said, let me give you a gift. I have to because you made me clean. And, and, and Elisha says, no, no. But then Naaman says, well, at least give me these two cartfuls of, of dirt because I'm, Naaman's a foreigner too, by the way. And I'm going to take that back to that foreign land because I will not be a part of any community, any people other than this one because I realize there is only one God now. And I am a part of something larger, and that God is, is that's where this ends. It's not ending just with, with me being cleansed. It's not ending with just me being even thankful or walking in faith. It ends pointing to there is one God, and I am aware that everything I have comes from this one God. Everything. That is salvation, brothers and sisters. This awareness that my very existence hangs in the balance by, because of one God. My very thought process, my very heartbeat, my very community, the, the communities of which I'm a part of, uh, of which I'm a part, gosh. Um, the, the, the loves that I have, the experiences that I'm, I'm a part of, uh, the, the, the mission that my life uh, is is has been or that have been given all the whatever it is everything brothers and sisters the the meals on our table the money in our pocket the clothes on our back the warmth in our house the roof over our head the the automobiles that take us wherever uh, the job that we go to the the uh, ability to walk to them or whatever it is all is gift all is gift. And when I realize, brothers and sisters, that everything that I am and everything that I have and everything that I'm invited to, even the desire to learn and open the Word of God and to pray to God is all gift, and I fall at the feet of God and say, thank you, that is salvation. That is salvation. And he's not saying, I like you more. He's saying, 
you've come full circle. You realize that everything is gift from God and that, that God is the ground upon which we walk and that we will go nowhere without it like Naaman. That that is the ground upon which we stand. He's not saying, I like you more and I'm going to reward you. He's saying, you've connected the dots and that God is the very essence upon which we live and move and have our being. Brothers and sisters, this, this gospel invites us to be real and to come before our God and say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. It names who Jesus is. It names our need. But Jesus says, okay, move forward as if you believe that I can make this happen. It'll, it invites us on our journey, whatever that journey is, and however long uh, in the midst of that journey we go, it invites us to notice that healing has come in whatever way that our God invites that, right? And that our God uh, instigates that in our life. And it invites us to just look around and realize everything is gift. Everything is gift. And may we, along with the uh, leper, fall at the feet of Jesus as we realize that. You know, let me just close it with this. You know, we, we have that wonderful saying at the beginning of uh, the Eucharistic prayer. Every time uh, we begin, virtually every time we go to Mass, right? Where the priest says, it is right and just. Our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. That's what this is saying. It is not only right and just, it is our duty and it is our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks. Not that we save ourselves by giving thanks. It's by realizing that everything is gift that we experience that salvation, that our God loves us and is with us here and now. And that healing takes place right here and now. And that God is able to do what God says. Let's pray. And so we begin, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fifth sorrowful mystery, Jesus dies upon the cross. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Have a wonderful Friday, a blessed weekend, and may your week in front of you be filled with every good joy. Thanks for being with me. Be well, and God's peace.